you good tidings. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, accompanied today by my wife, Dorinda, and we're glad that you're listening here on the airwaves of WXAN Radio in beautiful, windswept, and sun-drenched Ava, Illinois. Can you believe here we are already in the second Saturday of the month of October? I would be the 14th of October. And Dorinda and I have just gotten back from being in Buffalo, New York with our son, Brett. He's doing fantastic. We had a wonderful time with Brett. And we're thanking you for your prayers, and you continue to pray for him. We're looking forward to seeing him again around the Christmas season when he gets a chance to get back. So anyway, it's nice to be home with you here on the Good Tidings radio broadcast. Now, now I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Psalm chapter 1. And verses 1 through 6. I'm going to start a series of messages today. I like to do series from time to time. You you knew last month we did the series on uh, Don't Look Now, But Your Attitude is Showing. Today I want to start a new series of messages. And this series is entitled Life More Abundantly. Life More Abundantly. And it's taken from... John chapter number 10 and verse number 10. Jesus, you know, I like to quote Jesus. Jesus said himself in John chapter number 10 and verse number 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So let's start a series of messages today on life more abundantly. And the first message that I want to begin with today is God's description of a happy Christian. God's description of a happy Christian. Now, this particular title of this message is probably going to come to us in two or three parts, okay? Because I have so much that I want to share. I'm not going to rush through it. I want you to be able to take a pen, a piece of paper. I want you to be able to listen to this broadcast. And I want you to be able to take down some notes so you can go back and look at it in your Bible and let God, the Holy Spirit, speak to you as you read his scriptures. So we're not going to rush through it, but the title of today's message, we could call it part one, is God's description of a happy Christian. And I start off today in Psalm chapter 1 and verse number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6 For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Psalm chapter 1 
verses 1 through 6. Now, the word blessed in verse number 1 is a multifaceted word, and it's got several meanings. But its most simple meaning is very simply cheerful, happy, but contented. And the Scripture even makes it even more robust than those three descriptions of cheerful, happy, and contented. It uses the word hilarious. So in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed, that word means happy, but it means actually hilarious. So we could read that first part as, Hilarious is the man that walketh not. So this portion of Scripture, God is going to use. Psalm chapter 1 is just one of 150 psalms or songs or hymns or poems. It's a very short um, psalm, but what it lacks in length, it has makes up for in strength. The psalmist here, David, details some major truths that can change our life. How, do, how many of us know this? The Word of God is quick and powerful. It means it's alive. It's effective in our life. It effectually worketh within us that believe. Because all Scripture, Timothy said, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. If you and I put the Scripture into practice and become doers of the Word and not hearers only, we get the blessings of God. And that is exactly what each and every one of us needs, the blessings of God. Well, we must be able to know what the Bible says, read it, and put it into practice. But David's given us a verse, a very short passage of Scripture that is literally impregnated with God's truth. And we can discover more in these six short verses than all of the philosophers that ever came through the country of Greece Uh, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, all these great people that are well-renowned in history and in so many philosophical circles, God's Word has the answer. And Psalm chapter 1 gives us more bits of truth and wisdom to change our life than all the philosophies the world has ever had. Think about this. The teachings of Socrates can't touch Psalm chapter 1. Aristotle can't match it, and Plato cannot equal it. Psalm chapter 1 is a description of the happy man or the happy person, or we'll say it selectively now, the happy Christian. Are you a happy Christian? Think about that. That's a personal question. Many of you that listen to the airwaves of of WXAN, we're so glad you're tuned in. The best gospel music on this side of heaven, without a doubt. But are you a happy Christian? If not, God wants you to be. If not, you should be. And God wants you to live life more abundantly. And he's going to describe for us the happy Christian. And in Psalm chapter 1, we start to see that happy person. This was written by David, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was inspired of God. Verse number 1, blessed, cheerful, happy, contented, hilarious. Now, when you think about the word hilarious, the first thing that comes to my mind is what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, and it had to do with giving of the tithe and of the offering, and how God thought of the giver. He said, every man, 
according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. In other words, a hilarious giver. God wants us to be very hilarious, happy when we're able to return the tithe and give freely of the offering. And WXAN Radio is a glorious place to give an offering and to help sow into this wonderful ministry and help pay down the debt and the need that is here. But God loves a hilarious giver. Now, I will say this because I've been a pastor for a long time. God will also take it from an old sore head and an old grouch, too. But he prefers a hilarious giver. Are you a hilarious giver when it comes to your money? Actually, it's not your money. It's God's money if you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you've been bought and paid for by the blood, it's God's money. Everything you and I have, we're stewards of. God allows this to take place in our life, provides the services, provides the jobs, provides the opportunities. Are you a hilarious giver? In verse number one, blessed, hilarious. But notice what the Bible says to us in verse number two of Psalm chapter one. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Question again, what is your delight in? What do you delight in in your life? Think about that. Nothing wrong with having other likes in life, but is Jesus your first love in life? Do you love Jesus Christ more than you do anything and anybody else? I'll venture to say that we as Christians must guard our heart against idols. And the Bible talks about that. My little children, keep yourselves from idols, John said. Anything can become an idol. Your parents can become an idol. Your sports team can become an idol. Your friend can become an idol. Your loved one can become an idol. Folks, your children can become an idol. Your grandchildren can become an idol. Do you love Jesus more than you love anyone and anything else? Are you delighting yourself in God? What Paul's teaching us here, rather David's teaching us, He's saying blessed, happy, contented, hilarious in Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1 is the person that delights himself in verse 2 in the law of the Lord. Now, how are we going to do this? Let's take a look, jot these very two simple points down. That's all I'm going to have today with the time remaining. God's description of a happy Christian. Jot these down and let's see what the psalmist teaches us in Psalm chapter 1. Number one, let's look at the public life of the happy man or the happy Christian or the happy person, the public life. In Psalm chapter one, open your Bibles to Psalm one and go to verse number one. When people observe your attitude, your actions, your demeanor, your conduct, your conversation, your reactions on a daily basis, what kind of impression do they get of Jesus Christ? If they know that you're a believer, what kind of reflection do we reflect? Do we reflect the goodness and the grace of God? But what do people see when they observe all these things about us? How do they, once they see us and are around us very often and very much, how do they feel about the church of Jesus? How do they feel about Christianity? How do they feel about the Bible? How do they feel about God? How do they feel about heaven? 
How do they feel about the Christian way? By watching, observing, and listening to each of us, what do people take away from that? So the question is this. What about our public life? How are we viewed in public? Now, I realize, and you do too, that Jesus Christ was the only sinless one. But the Bible says that all we are read of all men. How is our public life? How's our public testimony? Yes, we, we are here to point people to Jesus and say, look at Jesus. But they many times see what we say that we believe in Jesus Christ through us by the way we speak, by our attitudes, our demeanors, by the way we handle things in life, and our public persona, if you will. So what about your public life, Christian? Is it godly? Is it ungodly? Are we reflecting Jesus Christ? In Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1, he says, Blessed, we saw that a moment ago, or happy or hilarious, is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Here's what God is saying. The happy man, the happy Christian, the happy person, rejects the advice of wicked men. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It doesn't mean that we can't have a lost physician or someone that we have services interaction and business people that we do interactions with on a daily basis, and you can't get some common sense approach to something. But the lesson for us today to the happy Christian is this, that you don't run to an unbeliever or a person who doesn't know a thing about the Scripture, doesn't know Jesus Christ, doesn't read the Bible, doesn't pray, doesn't have godly influence and elements of character within their life, that we're not to run to what the Bible calls the wicked or the ungodly, which means those that do not know Jesus is what that means. A sinner is a person who doesn't know Jesus Christ by faith as Savior. A saint is a person who now knows Christ by faith as Savior and has had their sins forgiven by faith in Jesus Christ and been born again of the Spirit. But as a saint, we still sin even though we don't want to. We dealt with that a couple weeks ago on how we rise above backsliding. But the, the Word of God is telling us, don't go to a lost world to get your wisdom or that your answers And too many times as Christians, Christians run to Facebook for answers and the general public for answers before we ever ask the Scripture or ask God. Shame on us as Christians. For when we have heartaches and difficulties and distresses and discouragements, that we turn to the world for advice when we should be getting our counsel from God, from the Word of God. Think about this. Jesus has all the answers that we need. They're found in the teachings of the Word of God and the principles of God. But God is teaching us the happy Christian is, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It doesn't make sense for a Christian 
to run to someone who's not a Christian and being taught by the Spirit and taught through the Word of God and putting biblical principles. Someone who will take you to the Scriptures for your answer is who you need to seek. As a pastor, I'm enabled to take the Scripture and blessed to take the Scripture and give it to people who want help, who truly want to become honest with God and with themselves and honest with the minister. We get to take people to the Word of God because God has the answers that they need for their life. That's the happy person that doesn't seek counsel from the ungodly. But that person in their public life needs to reject the advice of wicked and worldly people, people who do not know our God and our Savior. The happy person doesn't get their wisdom from below, in other words, this earth, but they get it rather from above. In James chapter number 3 and verse number 15, listen to what God says through verse 17. If you get your advice from the world or from down here on the earth, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Verse 17 of James chapter 3. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Again, I ask you, friend, where do you get your advice, Christian? Whom are you depending upon for counsel and wisdom in your life? Psalm chapter 1 teaches us here, blessed or happy or hilarious, contented, happy is the person, the Christian, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But let's take another look at the public life of this happy person, nor standeth in the way of sinners. What that means, it doesn't mean we don't run into people in everyday life and walking up and down the sidewalk or on the roads we drive together. That means that we do not identify with a lost world, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. In other words, God says the happy Christian who's living the abundant life does not associate and cast their lots with unregenerate people. It doesn't mean we don't work with them, but it means we're not hanging with them on our free time. We're not socializing with them. We're not fraternizing with them. We're not partaking in their conduct, in their mannerisms, in their habits, in their way of life, that we're coming out from among them. Now, the Bible teaches the Christians should be separate. Yes, we win people to Christ by faith in Jesus and witnessing to Jesus about Jesus Christ, so we interact with people. God wants that. We're commanded to do that. But he also commands us in 2 Corinthians six seventeen when it comes to your own personal life and fraternization, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. God is saying, don't interweave your life and your habits and your lifestyle and your conduct with those who do not know Jesus Christ and the Holy Scriptures. That's why one of the greatest detriments to the cause of Jesus Christ, and Dorinda and I talk about this on occasion, The Bible says we're given a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We should be witnesses. We should be soul winners. Uh, 
Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. You'll hear me preach that repeatedly, and I do that. But this heresy called lifestyle evangelism, where they just say, well, let me just go be with the lost sinner and conduct myself as they do and hang with them and make their life part of my life so I can win them to the Lord. Lifestyle evangelism is unscriptural. It is wrong. It's a plague upon New Testament Christianity. It's not what the Bible teaches about winning souls to Christ and being a witness for Jesus. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the uttermost parts of the world. Lifestyle evangelism is wrong, and it is a heresy as much as Calvinism is. So be careful that you don't follow into well, let me just make my life like theirs, and I can witness to them better. That doesn't work. That's not true. That is no good. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1, Nor sitteth in the seat, not only, of the scornful. So we see the public life of the happy person. They're not standing in the way of sinners. They are not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And thirdly, they're not sitting in the seat of the scornful. What does that mean? That means they refrain from being scornful. What is scornful? That's being critical or being a judge of other people. In other words, being a critical person. The happy person is not sitting in the seat of the scornful or the criticizer. They don't run around criticizing people all the time. There are many Christians that hurt the harm of the cause of Christ in a church because they are critical of new visitors. They're critical of the way people dress. They're critical of the way people speak. They're critical of a number of things. It doesn't take much of a brain to be a critic. Scorners, folks, are the masters of deceit. They're the doctors of damnation. If you are a critical preacher, shame on you. Get your heart right with God. If you're a critical preacher's family member or someone in a church and your church is critical, shame on you. You need God to revive you and fill you with the Holy Spirit. You need to confess the sin. So he's saying the happy person doesn't sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In other words, they're not a critical person. Romans 2 and verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, Judge not, that ye be not judged. Jesus was telling us in Matthew chapter 1, hey, don't be looking for a speck in someone else's eye when you've got a a beam in your own eye. In other words, you're looking for something small that's in someone else's life, and you've got great big issues going on in your life. First, get rid of the moat or the beam that's in your own eye. Get rid of the big thing in your life. Then you can come alongside and help someone. So don't criticize a new believer. Don't criticize someone trying to overcome an addiction who's just gotten saved. Don't criticize someone who's backslidden and away from God and they've recently come back. Start encouraging them, praying for them, encouraging, lifting them up, supporting them, believing in them, and coming alongside them. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. So that's the public life of the happy person. If we, if we review the public life of the happy man, what happens? We find out, number one, God says he rejects the advice of the ungodly. Number two, he refuses the, to identify himself with sinners or unbelievers. And number three, he refrains from scornfully criticizing other people. Quickly, what about the private life of the happy man? In Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the word of God. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Let me, let me get personal again. When was the last time you read your Bible? When was the last time you shut your phone off or laid something down and read your Bible, reading a chapter of a day? When was the last time you sat down and read the Word of God? Folks, we've got time to do everything we ought to do for God and for ourselves. We need to get in the Holy Word of God. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. The Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Job chapter 23 and verse 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth. In other words, the Bible. More than my necessary food. Many times we feed our physical and starve our spiritual. We're spiritual skeletons. We're spiritual zombies walking around every day wondering why we're not seeing great miracles and blessings take place from God. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, knowledge of the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 48, my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Psalm 63 and verse 6, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. In conclusion, are you a happy Christian? If not, God wants you to be. Are you living the abundant life? You can live your life abundantly if you will, number one, be, uh, be the blessed person, the happy person that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, that your, public, your private life is lining up with God and your pri- public life is lining up with the Word of God. Line it up with Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Next time, we'll take a deeper look into some other things. But are you the happy Christian God wants you to be? If not, you can be. God wants you to be. Folks, this is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. God bless you for listening today. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. Jesus is good tidings of great joy. Tell someone about Jesus. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. Emmanuel, God is with us, oh yeah, to fear. for unto 